From up in the nosebleeds to down to the 50-yard line, wherever you watch the game, this is the place to sound off. Sports Talk with Jock on 770-CHQR. He joins us every Tuesday night, every Thursday night. Mr. Button, how are you tonight? I am good, Jock. How are you? Excellent. Hopefully you got some nice plans for the weekend and the Easter weekend. So, uh, But let's talk some, some hockey here tonight. Uh, the Calgary, okay. Yeah, the Calgary Flames uh, called up uh, Spencer Fu today, and it sort of got me thinking, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the prospects and, and what the Calgary Flames have down on the farm and who could be close and who's not really close and what's the definition of a prospect in your opinion. First of all, let's talk about Spencer Fu. Uh, you know, he was a finalist for the Hobie Baker Award last year. He was a nice free agent signer in the offseason by the Calgary Flames, 20 goals down in, in Stockton. Uh, what do you think of this young man? Well, I mean, number one is, you know, I know that uh, uh, there seems to be at times, I shouldn't say at times, when, when you talk about college free agents, there's a lot of hullabaloo around the college free agents. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and you know what? There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, you're getting players that are far more advanced. You, you don't have to wait for them to be able to turn pro. Uh, you know, you, you only have seven rounds in the NHL draft, so you try to get players into your system that are closer to playing and uh, at, at the very least can play in the American Hockey League. And that's where I'm at. So to me, when I look at a, at a player coming out of college, or junior for that matter, like a Glenn Godden, who, who the Flames signed, playing in Swift Current as an overage uh, junior player, I ask myself first, can they play in the American Hockey League? And there's no question that God can, in my view, there's no question that Spencer Fu could there. So then you go to the next stage. Okay, how much room do they have to develop? And do we want to spend the time and the money on them to, to, to get into our organization? So I think when you answer those questions in that way, it, it's always prudent to try to sign uh, the college free agents. And, and I'm a big believer, Jock, and uh, you can go look at my record in 2001 when we won the Calder Cup in, uh, in St. John. Uh, with Jim Playfair as the head coach, we had we had players that were that have been part of our group that were going to be part of the Calgary Flames group, but they were organizational players. Right. I, I'm not one of these guys that wants players coming in from here, there, and everywhere. I don't. I know you have to augment your roster at different times, but at the same time, I want I want to build a, a culture of players that feel that they have a chance to grow within the organization and that have an opportunity. And I think that's uh, that's incumbent upon the organization to provide those things. But so Spencer, uh, uh, I, I would probably put him in the B category of prospects, but he's moving in the right direction. Yeah. And that's what you want to see. No, fair enough. And and so when you see the news today where the Los Angeles Kings have agreed to terms, of, and and this this is not my writing. This is how it's written for me. A coveted free agent defenseman, Daniel Brickley, um, ten goals, twenty five assists, and forty games this season as a junior at Minnesota State. Uh, what you know, I don't know Daniel Brickley. You obviously do know the player. What can you tell me about this player? Well, what I would tell you is 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 I think he's he, he's just what I just described. Okay, he's an older player that's really developed his game and been able to uh, uh, take time and get better over over his playing career at Minnesota State. Uh, You know, Danny DeKaiser was a free agent, came right into the Red Wings and was ready to play. I think Daniel Brickley is is a similar type player. He's not a star. He's never going to be a star. Uh, Yeah, I I think that, but but can he be a, a top four defenseman? Perhaps. But, but at the very least, I think you can come in and support your your group of, of defensemen from the from the five six hole, and you know 
get into the four hole and go from there. But, you know, the, the one thing I know, Jock, is, is that in the National Hockey League, and, and probably in all sports, but I'll just deal with the National Hockey League, there's a scarcity of good players. Mm-hmm. So when you find players that can come into your lineup and you feel can, you get them. I would love your definition of a prospect. You just referred to Spencer Fu as, as a B prospect. Now, I, I know you've used this analogy on this program before, A, B, C. Uh, so, so tell me your definition of, of a prospect and, and how you define a prospect and how most organizations define it. Well, first of all, if I like them, then they're a prospect. <laughs> if I don't like them, they're not a prospect. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair I'm enough. kidding. I'm kidding you. I mean, hey, listen, one thing I've learned over the years, I continue to learn, you know, there has to be constant evaluation. Listen, when I say an A prospect, an A prospect to me is definitely going to play in the NHL. Okay. And I don't put a time frame on them, like, you know, but but I say these are players that, that, that have been, that have excelled at their level of play. They continue to excel at their level of play. And you're counting on them contributing on your team at the NHL level. Those are A prospects. And, I mean, so if I went through the Flames, who, who, who are those guys? Well, to me, they're A prospects. I mean, Valimaki's an A prospect, right? Okay. And we'll get into a little bit more. So, but, but to give you an idea, Valimaki's an A prospect. B prospects are those players that need time, they need development, they need to be tested, you need to put them in, in situations, and you want to see where they can get to in terms of their development. But you, you definitely see qualities and attributes that, that say, listen, if, if that player can develop and we can help them develop and provide the environment for them to develop, then we think that that guy has potential to get to the NHL because of the qualities. See prospect. Really, what we're talking about here is long shot guys. Can they play? And, and really, you start off, are those guys that can definitely play in the American Hockey League and help you at that level? And you feel that they can get there. And, and, and you know, if you're a C prospect, it doesn't preclude you, but you got to move yourself into the B category before you can even say you're an NHL prospect. So that's why I use A, B, and C to just try to be real clear in how I differentiate the three groups, right? Mm-hmm. And, and there's some Bs that move into As, there's some Bs that move to Cs, there's some As that move to Bs. But I mean, and, but that's the that's the nature of the of the continuous evaluation. But right. that's how that's how I look at them in terms of uh, A, B, and C. Well, and that's interesting because with that continuous evaluation that you talk about, uh, let's talk about players that were A prospects. At least I think they were considered A prospects, and these are former first round draft picks: Morgan Klimchuk, Emil Poirier, Hunter Shinkarik. They are now twenty three years of age. You know, they've had cups of coffee, you know, at the NHL level, but I don't think they're trending in the right direction how do you rate can you call these guys prospects anymore well i mean it's what level of prospects so 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 let me just say this so and and so if i evaluate them so 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 they're players and and let's just say as a prospects uh, as first round picks you go okay yeah they're a prospects and deservedly so okay and you know people like i know this jock just to take a step back here Mm -hmm. that in any draft approximately 40 players, 42 players, and it might go a little bit higher now with expansion, but approximately 40, 42, 43 players are going to play 400 games or more in the National Hockey League. Okay. Think about that. Mm-hmm. 40 to 42 or 43. Right. That means if we just take 30, roughly that's one and a half per team or right. 1.33 per team if you use 40. Right? Not, not a high percentage is what you're saying. It isn't. It isn't. Right. Uh, 400 games. Right. That's five seasons. Okay, and those are contributing players, right? Those are players that are contributing. And if you if you move the number down to three hundred games, 
it doesn't really move up that significantly. You, you, you get you get a you get an additional handful of players, but not much more. Okay, so you know that, that's what you that, that's what you try to look at. So when, when I rate players and you go through the draft, and I, I rate I have a list of seventy five ninety. Yeah, I think that those ninety guys and our hundred could could all be in that group of forty. But this is where development comes in from from a player. How much more can he go? What, what an organization does, the patience, all of that. So now when I go to the players, Hunterson Garrett to me is not an NHL player, not going to play in the NHL. Uh, you know, I, I forget about the, would he be a B prospect now, but he's gone from an A to a B and further away from the NHL, not closer. So those are guys that to me aren't going to be NHL players. Okay. Emil Fourier, same thing. Was an A prospect needed some way. I mean, when you're a first round draft pick, I think you have to be considered an A prospect. And he, he, he didn't move in it. Now, I mean, he had the issue with, uh, with uh, alcohol, uh, substance abuse, right. and, and uh, I believe it was alcohol. I don't want to judge. And, and you know, he, he's recovered from that to a certain extent, but as a player, really hasn't taken a step. Now, Morgan Kim, Klimchuk, I would suggest, is probably still in the B category okay. and still shows some elements that could allow him to get to the NHL. Now, that being said, you know, every year NHL teams are drafting a new crop of players. Calgary Flames amongst them. So when I look at when Morgan Klimchuk got drafted, Dylan Dubé's passed him. There's no question Dylan Dubé has, has passed him. And so now Morgan Klimchuk moves back. And now you start to look, okay, who do the Flames have on left wing? Oh, they have Goudreau mm-hmm. and they have Kachuk and Dubé's ahead of them. And they have Sam Bennett playing the wing. Well, guess what? I don't see. I don't see any. And then I, I say Dylan Dubé's ahead of him. I don't see any opportunity for Morgan Klemchuk to find his way in the Calgary Flames organization. Very good point. Very good point. Yeah, and, and you have to factor that all in together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and and so I guess we we look at that aspect. And and you know the Flames' top prospect maybe he's already with the I club right now. I got to tell you this real quick, Josh. Yes, go ahead. Did you see the goal last week that Sidney Crosby scored when he oh. came and he batted it on his backhand? <laughs> it was highlight highlight okay. material. Well, wait till you see the overtime winner tonight. Oh, is that right? Oh, I got to go Google that, eh? Okay. Uh, well, it just happened. I'm just watching okay. it live. So I got to tell you, he comes in, rings it off the post, it's bouncing in the air, bang. The Blue Jays might want to put him in their batting order. <laughs> I, I don't think we have any Sidney Crosby prospects in the Calgary Flames organization. But uh, go, no, go no, 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 <laughs> nobody has any of those guys. No, exactly right. Uh, Rasmus Anderson probably was the top prospect. You know, if you if you look at a lot of boards that people you know do this type of thing, uh, Rasmus Anderson oh, is playing. Oh, Doc, you're going to get me all wound up. Am I? Okay, get get you okay. wound up. Okay. The boards. Like, don't I know. give me about the boards of people that haven't seen these guys play. Okay, fair. You know what? Like they go on the boards. Oh yeah. Yeah, like you know what they, they like they, Rasmus Anderson is a real is, to me he's that B prospect that's moving forward he's okay. moving into the direction of NHL prospect okay. that's what you want to see when he was drafted he was a B prospect but he's moving in the right direction perfect okay but, uh, the, the, you want to talk to me about prospects and players I'll give you my own opinion and if I don't know a player I'll tell you but. I don't want to hear about boards. Most okay. of the people that do boards fair don't know the players. Fair enough. So let me ask you, who do you believe is the Flames' top prospect not playing in the NHL right now? Yusuf Valamaki. I don't think there's any question that he's the best prospect. I mean, he's a, he's a workhorse defenseman. And, and, and in a lot of ways, you know, has the, the type of game that Mark Giordano has. Now, I'm not saying he's Mark Giordano because Mark Giordano is really developed. But Mark Giordano, I think everybody would agree, is a workhorse defenseman. And to me, when you have a workhorse defenseman that can play in so many different situations, and not only different situations, 
we're talking about against the other team's best players. Uh, handle the demands of the year. And, you know, play those heavy minutes. So those, when you're playing against the other team's best players, those are heavy minutes. Mm-hmm. And when you're when you're when you when you're playing on the penalty kill, those are heavy minutes. And you know, you're playing in games that are tight. You really, really have to be able to uh, be able to dig in. And I, I think Yusuf Valamaki has all those qualities to be that absolute workhorse defenseman. Do I think that he's an all-star? No. But do I think that he's a player that can be real significant to winning and, and, and helping the team be successful? No question. Okay. Um, do you think he is ready to make the jump right into the National Hockey League next year? Or do you think a year in the minors would probably be better for him? Here's what I think. I, I think that when you look at, at uh, Yusuf Zalamaki, is that you give him every opportunity to come and show what he's capable of next season. And, and, and at the beginning, can, can he help your team uh, can, uh, and, and do it? Because when you look at your team and you start to go, okay, here's our core defenseman. Like, don't block them. Don't bring in a player that's not going to be better than him just to put a player in there. Mm-hmm. Let's see what you got. Put him in there. And if he can't do it, you still have Brett Kulak, right? And you, you, have, and you can look at other players, but don't block them. And if he needs time in the minors, that's okay, too. But I think until you put him in those environments and test them and let him, and, and let him uh, see what the demands are and, more importantly, see how he can help your team and you can see it, that's when you make those decisions. I don't think you make them ahead of time because I think clearly he's deserving of, of, of having that opportunity to come and show what he can do. I really believe that about you, so. Okay. Uh, Dylan Dubé, obviously we saw him at the World Juniors. He has a great upside. Another kid we saw at the World Juniors was Adam Fox. Uh, Flames got some bad news. They thought he might uh, turn pro, uh, but he's decided to go back to Harvard. Where do you rank uh, Adam Fox, a young defenseman? Well, let me just tell you, that's not bad news, Chuck. Okay. That's not bad news. And I'll remind Flames fans, uh, okay, of what happened when I was the manager with Jordan Leopold. Jordan Leopold played his four years of uh, college at Minnesota, and he was thinking about leaving after his junior year. And we went and spent time with him. And the long story short was important things for Jordan were being part of a championship team in Minnesota, being a captain on that team, finishing his degree. Those were all important to him. And after his junior year, he had not accomplished any of those things. The next year, he went back. He was captain. They won the national championship. He won the Hobie Baker. And, yes, he did finish his degree. And I think that allowed him to step into the NHL and be real confident in his abilities and, and be able to accomplish significant things. I call them the natural laws of maturity, physical, mental, and emotional. You can't speed them up, and every player is different. Mm-hmm. So it's not bad news that Adam Fox isn't leaving. Mm-hmm. He's not ready for the Flames. I think going back to Harvard is a great move for him, and he can go there and go and dominate. And I think they have a really good prospect. I think Adam Fox is an A prospect. He's great with the puck. He's got a great head. He creates offense. But he needs to go and, and, and dominate, and, and he's, been a, he's been a real good dominant player at Harvard. Go back next year, dominate, get yourself in the Hobie Baker conversation. Everybody's talking about the overnight success of Ryan Donato. He was drafted four years ago, Jock. Mm -hmm. Four years ago, he was drafted in 2014. Be patient. It's not bad news that Adam Fox is going back to Harvard. That is some some great insight. Now, you've already talked a little bit about Dylan Dubé, and and you've said he's on the left side. The Flames are pretty deep on the left side. I don't see a lot of prospects. Maybe I'm missing somebody. Uh, Do they have anybody on the right side that can uh, help this team? Well, let me me talk about Dylan, okay? Okay. Dylan, to me, is another guy. Give him every opportunity to be on your team. You're not going to put him in a tough situation starting behind Goudreau and Monaghan. 
um, Goudreau and Kachuk, sorry. Right, and depending on where Bennett plays. He's got speed. He's a big-time competitor. He can add some offense from that part of your lineup. I think the Flames need more speed deeper into their forward group. And I think D- Dylan Dubé provides that. He's another player. Don't block him. Make sure you see what you got once training camp comes. Test him. See where he's at. And then go from there. Mm-hmm. Because to me... Uh, there's no way that he's not going to be a Calgary Flame, and he's a dyed-in-the-wool competitor. So I got all the time in the world for Dylan Dubé, and he's another player. You start adding players that have real good qualities, I think that's real significant for the Flames. Uh, there is some upside, and that's good news for Flames fans, and we've just talked about some of those upsides. And they've also got an upside in gold, too. You know, we, we've talked about John Gillies and David Riddick. We've seen that. But, you know, I think, you know, if you look at your top goaltending prospect right now, it has to be Tyler Parsons, right? Well, I think it is. And Tyler's had a little bit of a, of a trying year in his first year turning pro. And that, that's okay because, you know, the Flames have, 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 have an orderly uh, process in the net, you know, you know, not putting players out of themselves. But, but I'll be real clear, I think they got to get John Gillies in there next year and get him games and let him be part of the group. And that's not a knock against David Riddick or anything. I think that John Gillies has big-time ability. And ne- next year's the time, get him in there and get him playing. And, and, and Mike Smith. I think what Mike Smith has clearly shown, he can't play 50 games anymore. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So get into a situation where you can get into a a 45-35 rotation, if that's what it is, see where Gillies is at. In my view, Gillies, there's no question in my mind, Gillies is ready to step in here. And that goes back to you, you know, don't block him because, you know, you you brought in Eddie Lack this year, and that was a block, right? Well, it, it, it's a block in a lot of ways because here's what ends up happening. So now Eddie Lack comes here. Now you go to the minors. So now you have David Riddick who needs to play, right? And David Riddick's been fine. Don't get me wrong here. I'm not trying to – but I think Gillies is a better prospect. But now you have David Riddick. Now you have John Gillies down there. Well, now Tyler Parsons is East Coast Hockey League. Mason McDonald, I mean, who, who's – you know, trying to find his way just just at the East Coast League level, pro level, is there. So if you're Tyler Parsons, you're looking right away and going, well, I got no chance. I'm starting in the East Coast League. Mm, That's what I mean. So so the blocking continues all the way down your down your uh, down your lineup. Mm. I'm going to go back to when I came. One of the things that everybody's oh, let's bring this guy in, let's bring this guy, and we'll put him in the minors. And I said, no, our guys are going to play in the minors. I'm not bringing in guys. And we, we allowed the likes of, of Steve Monitor to play and Chris Clark to play and Blair Betts to play. And while, you know, not perhaps being those top A prospects, we needed to develop those types of guys. And we did. But you've got to give them the opportunity and not be looking outside your organization. I have enjoyed this conversation tonight. I wish I could continue, but I'm out of time. Uh, thanks well, so much. We continue on Tuesday. We certainly can. Uh, you have a happy Easter and a great Easter. Have a great long weekend, Craig, and uh, thanks so much for your time tonight. Yeah, always a pleasure, Josh. Thanks. You betcha. Craig Button, our NHL insider. Joining us every Tuesday night, every Thursday night here on Sports Talk with Jock. We do have to wrap things up because i got to get to the Sports Geek of the Day next.